Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi to Mel and Sharon and all the girls sending in live requests. And tell me what the weather is like this morning where you are from. I would love to see where you're from. So I know that you're joining in right now and people are joining us. And a big hi and a big welcome as well to girls joining us on Instagram TV who will be joining us a little bit later. And just to let you know who I am, because I know a number of you wouldn't have a clue who I am, my name is Donna Crouch and I am part of Hillsong Church. I've been part of Hillsong since the very beginning in the school hall 37 years ago and um, have been on staff for 35 years as a pastor at, based at the Hills campus. And um, these days my job is working in the community and also a pastor in church involved in all kinds of things there. So that's sort of what I do. So we're going to have a great morning this morning. I've got a great friend and uh, professional colleague and uh, a guest coming on in a little in in, in a short time, and um, she's going to be joining us in a in a short while to talk about some things that I I believe are really relevant to all of us as women, very much as women. And we're going to be having a bit of a Q Q and A this morning about some things that really um, I think we're going to be able to take away after this morning um, and really relate to our everyday life, particularly in this fabulous pandemic that we're all negotiating very real challenges through. And I do want to send a special love to Pastor Bobby, who texted me early this morning at seven o'clock and said, go well, because I know Pastor Bobby is joining us this morning and cheering us all on. And um, if you hear my dog bark, because I've got tradesmen here working um, at our house fixing leaking roofs and stuff like that because you know that stuff happens that's our beautiful dog shimmer so you're going to have all the beautiful acoustics of my everyday life so that's going to be so great and big news in Victoria congratulations to all the girls in our greater greater metro Melbourne that your primary school children have gone back to school this week we're so excited for you and um, and we know you've been in stage four restrictions since August the 4th and you're doing it really, you're doing big days, big months and a special shout out to all of our church family and all, um, you know, all people joining in from Victoria, particularly Melbourne, because they're big days that we're in, not easy days. So um, special love to you all down there. So um where are all the girls from Victoria? Can you say hi? I reckon on the chat we should be sending, um, I don't know, blow kisses or big love hearts or sending out a whole lot of love. Um, yeah, can I just push push this? I Excuse me one minute because I've got to um, accept a request. Mm -hmm. Yes, there, mm -hmm. yes. Backward, yep. So, um, 
So anyway, I reckon we should be sending a big shout out to all the girls in Victoria because they are a good couple months now into stage four restrictions. Wow. And this morning, it's great to have Beck Wood. I hope you can all see Beck Wood joining, Pastor Beck Wood, uh, um, along with her husband Nathaniel, is our New South Wales oversight. How are you, Beck? So good. Donna, that was seamless. Oh, can I turn you up? Hang on. I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Hang on. One minute. I, I warned you all. Oh, okay, because that was pretty seamless. Um, can everyone hear me? Hi, Rose. Hi, Sarah. Hey, I want to say a special hello to all the Perth girls. It's 7 a.m. in Perth. So committed, amazing girls. Well, we probably know all the Perth girls. They've already been up, done their Pilates, run around <laughs> the beach, you know, come back, fed the family, got everyone ready. Hey, Danny. <laughs> can you hear me yet? Yeah, I'm just turning you right up. There you go. I actually borrowed someone's phone because I've cracked my phone. And if oh. you were watching me on my phone, it would have been like a Days of the Lives filter, which for me is actually really good because it's all smoky. But for you, it would have been very clouded. So oh. um, this is Ruth's phone. So <laughs> there you go. How are you, Beth? I'm actually really good. I'm so good. The sun is shining. I did go for a walk, not to plug that, but, you know. Bobby's already done 5,000 steps. <laughs> of, course, of course she has. <laughs> she must be marching on the spot or walking in circles and getting so dizzy. <laughs> well, for all the girls that thought about it but didn't, you're in my group. I was up preparing for this. So I thought it'd be great, Beck, if you could pray for our, our hour of power this morning and then there's something really special that I've asked to share with us that we're highlighting this week and celebrating in church so why don't why don't we all pray just close your eyes wherever you are if you're in the laundry folding maybe you're driving maybe you're in a park um, maybe you're at work having a coffee break wherever you are um, we're having fellowship wherever two or three are gathered so let's just pray for a minute God, I just thank you for the potential of right here, right now. I thank you, God, that we can pause in our day and in our lives and really soak up who you are, where you've positioned us, the incredible company of women that we're a part of, this amazing church family who we're connected to. And I just pray this morning for our hearts and souls, God, that we, that we draw from you, that our eyes are open, that our ears are open, God, and our hearts are soft to have you placed um, really specific encouragement and life spoken into each of us. Um, and I thank you for the one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beck. So, Beck, tell us about what's happening this week in Australia, the national focus this week in Australia. There, I, I think there's a few. The one that <laughs> I, um, I don't think we can fit everything into every week of the year, so it seems as though they all get kind of get taken up. But the one that I'd love to give attention, and thank you, Donna, for this, is that it's actually National Carers Week. And in Australia, we have, across Australia, there's 2.65 million unpaid carers. So we salute you, we champion you, we think that you are amazing. If you've ever had a conversation with someone who's in the position of being a carer, um, you will very quickly understand 
that there's a lot of complexity that go into that. And I'll just read you a bit of a brief because the way that um, we recognise carer is someone who provides care and support to a family member or friend with a disability, a mental health condition, chronic condition, terminal illness, an alcohol or other drug issue, or who are frail and aged. Um, and it could be long-term, it could be short-term, it, um, it could be people who've just reached retirement and had plans to travel and now are caring for a spouse. Or it could be a young girl in her 20s caring for her father with a chronic illness. It could be a mum caring for a daughter with an eating disorder. Um, like it said there, alcohol and drug issues. It's, it's actually so broad, but people's lives don't stop, but they start looking very, very different when they um, are called on to really love and care for people in the world like that. Yeah. So this week in, in church, what, what are we doing? What we've, what we've tried to do, especially this year, I think um, carers this year has looked really different for them. Um, um, especially when we first went into lockdown, people who had paid help come into the house for basic things they weren't allowed in anymore and a lot was falling on family and um, people who were close who could carry that stuff. What we're trying to do in church is find out who our carers are and we just, we just want to make church easier for them. We want to make sure that connect isn't hard, Friendships is not taxing, um, that they're a blessing to them and that even though their lives can look um, full, like we think lives are full, their lives are full, that we as a church are still reaching out to them for relationship and connection more than ever. Because I think what, what you find across the board, everyone wants to be included. Everyone wants to be thought of. Everyone wants to wants people to remember that they're human and that they make great friends and that they can have great conversation and can do with being included in a dinner out or a connect group or what all the things that are going on so we are trying to do that we have um reached out bobby um wrote a beautiful oh a card from brian and bobby was sent to a lot of the carers who we know about and if we've missed you i'm so sorry um, yeah, we're just trying to heighten awareness of the people who are in those positions. And, and I can tell you, our church is full of heroes. They're, they're full of these incredible people who have looked around. And I was thinking about this morning, I feel like I'm rambling, but, um, you know, you can look around the world and I think when you come across the life of a carer, it restores hope that there are a lot of people who live beyond themselves and love to a point that we often don't even think we're capable of and they live in that position. And I think that is a really hopeful and inspiring part of any community and society. And to say that in Australia we have 2.6 million people who do that, um, it, really, it really encourages me and makes me think, wow, as the church, how can we help hold their arms up and how can we add strength to them and support them obviously we can't lift it off them but we can definitely come alongside and work and walk with them and what yeah. that can look like and it's different for everyone yeah 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 so to all the um families all the young people and sometimes children who are 
carrying yep. that additional load to um, partners where that relationship changes happened in your relationship where you have that additional responsibility to the we just honor you this week we honor you every week but this week we wanted to put a highlighter pen and say we honor you and if we don't know about you can you get in touch with our pastoral care team so that we do know and that we can reach out and not just this week but all the time work out how we can also help build that additional community so and I've, we've got something really special at the end of sisterhood not for everybody but we just want to do a shout out at the end so i hope you can stay for that at the end everybody join in because it's going to be worth it so thanks beck um i would just say yes donna you're incredible and every time you have something to share people are blessed and talk about it and they're inspired and reinvigorated with it and Everyone now, I know Donna's poured her heart into preparing something this morning. And every time you speak at Sisterhood at church, women, like, don't just love. They're like, oh, it's always <laughs> so good. So get ready. I oh. Can you, do you get me out now? Because I forgot to read that instruction on how I get myself out of this. Um, I think I push across. Can you hear oh. my dog having an asthma attack? <laughs> <laughs> Her tracking her collapses. So I Can pushed you hear that. my face walking through the kitchen because he's supposed no. to be <laughs> All right. I have, gonna... I have teenagers. Okay. See you back. Bye. Okay. You've got me again. Okay. So I, um, excuse my dog wheezing. <laughs> oh, the normality of life. So, um, I, I hope that encourages you that your life is normal too, um, just like mine with all the random things happening. Well, I've got a few thoughts that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart for us as a sisterhood this morning and wherever you are joining in. And to start with, um, it's not a preach, but I'm just going to share some stuff that is on my heart for your heart. And then I'm going to jump over to my amazing friend and guest, Dr. Kath Harrell, in a few minutes' time. Um, Chris Jury said, I don't have a dog. I have teenagers. Best. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and it's Psalm 46 out of the, out of the Passion Translation. And I, I just wanted to read it to you because I've been thinking about it all week for us. And this is what it says. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear. Even if every structure of support were to crumble away, we will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea, for the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in uproar with their tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Here he comes, the commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for me, for us. 
Everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of our God, for he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth. Amen. Breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side and the God of Jacob fights for us. Hang on. And I'm reading that looking in Australia at everything going on right now in New South Wales with, you know, our Premier here and, you know, this investigation into Victoria over, you know, the over security and, you know, lockdown of borders in Queensland and all this stuff going on with governments. And here this beautiful psalm just talks about God, our commander, just being strong and mighty, working above and over it all, and that we've got to look to him and he's just our commander and he's just going to override it all and that we just got to keep looking to him because he overrides it all and he works in the midst and regardless of everything that is going on and that even in ruin or in revival, that God is working and that that's our hope. And um, I have realised in this little room, I can't really show you much of it, but in my little room, this is my bunker. That's my Aboriginal artwork on the wall. I love Aboriginal art. It's the only artwork that I really collect. And that's a piece of artwork called um, Bush Plum. And this is my bunker. This is my lounge room that I've had to turn into my office. And this is where I'm living this verse out. This is the room where sometimes I feel really lonely. This is a room where sometimes it's a bit of an echo chamber where I can get lost and stuck with my own thoughts, where there's not a lot of feedback, just like you. This COVID, this isolation, um, not being able to be physically together with each other. Um, I can get lost and drown in my own thoughts. This is where, just like you, some days are a bit flat and a bit tough. This is just like you. 99% of my life is being lived unseen by the majority, but seen by God. And just like you, where I am digging wells, deep wells, unto the Lord, working hard, doing my job, working hard, sowing prayers of faith, believing that God is going to come through. We have a business. We have small business. My husband, Stephen, he's gone out this morning, but he works from home as well. And my daughter's working from home as well in her bedroom. So this is where we're carving out in this season, believing that God is going to come through just like you. And I know for some of us, it's working in much more smaller cramped spaces. And this in this room, I've realised how much I miss the bump of church. Um, I miss worshipping with you. I miss um, being under the word of God with you. But I also miss the high in the car park. And I miss hugging and saying and the encouragement. And I miss the random chats that I didn't plan on having. And I miss how all of that um, rubs off, smooths the rough edges in my life. And I've realised how much life I draw from that. And, you know, seven months on without that, I've realised how um, the lack of that means that there's rough edges on my life and, and, I, and I miss that. I, um, I miss that so much. And that means that I've got to lean in more than ever to God's word and to fellowship 
where, where we can have it and how we can have it. So just a few thoughts from my heart that I believe God's put on my heart for us as a sisterhood this morning. And, I've, um, and I really believe it's time for the mamas in the house to rise up. Even though we mightn't be able to be physically gathered, I know in Perth and Tasmania in Northern Territory, uh, you're allowed to be gathered, but elsewhere we're physically not allowed to be gathered so much. It's really a time now that this season is stretching out it's a time where the women, the women, the single women, the college, the mamas, the nanas, the career women, it's time for the women in the house of God to rise up and be the nurturers, to be the compassionate hearts, to be the ones with empathy and action more than ever. It's not a time to shrink back and get lost in these little echo chambers that we're living in and draw back um, because women are carrying the weight of this pandemic more than any other group. And we are needed now more than ever. We'll hear about that in a moment's time. Just a few thoughts for us this morning to encourage our hearts. It's a time for us, I believe, to stay planted and connected more than ever. More than ever, we can get lost in these echo chambers up here, in these thoughts up here. Um, you know, that whole discipline of getting up and going to work and getting up and going to sisterhood on a Thursday morning and going to church on a Sunday morning or a Friday night or a Saturday night, that discipline of bringing out my best, well, that's not there so much these days. But you know what? It's a time to stay connected and planted more than ever. Psalm 1 verse 3 says this, truth that we know that this describes the people of God. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. That this is a time to be planted more than ever. Um, and just because how we gather right now corporately has changed to that digital platform doesn't mean we're any less planted. I want to encourage all of us to know where is it that God has called us to be planted and not to drift, not to water it down, not to get lax in where God has called us to be planted. Because, uh, you know, I know that God has called us, called Stephen and I and our family to be planted at Hillsong Church. That's where we are to be planted. And um, how, how, I'm, how we gather right now on Sunday, yep, it's jumping onto YouTube. And do you know what my son taught me about YouTube? There's a thing called the algorithm. And every time I pull up um, Hillsong, all these random weirdo shows come up about anti-Hillsong. And it's called the algorithm. I'm 58. I don't know much about this. But all these things opposite to churches like ours come up. So you can go onto um, YouTube and, like, up come all the options all the prophetic options, all the weird options, all the reasons why you shouldn't listen to Bethel and Hillsong. And it just becomes like this spiritual supermarket. And I'm like, flip, this is a time to be really discerning, really wise, and not just go like shopping in a spiritual supermarket right now, but to really gather for church, know where we're called to be planted and just get planted, stay planted, because Bible says that when we're planted along the riverbank, in all seasons, we're going to prosper and our leaf will not wither. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, those that love their dream of the Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself 
become the destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest and sacrificial. God hates this wishful dreaming because it makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. It is not we who build, Christ builds the church. And can I encourage all of us, let's not fall in love with our idea of the church. Let's just love the church. Let's just love God's church, love where we're planted. And okay, the way that we gather right now has adapted and we have to adapt because it's safe and we love people and we respect people and we want to keep people safe. But let's not make an idol out of how the church gathers right now. Let's just love the church, love where we're planted, stay planted, let the roots go down deep because the Bible says we're going to flourish no matter what. And um, wherever the Lord's called you to be planted, let your roots go down deep and stay gathered and stay planted. And I just want to encourage you, young people, just because youth isn't gathering like it used to, don't disconnect, don't pull up that plant, stay planted. The second thing is this, church family is needed now more than ever. And it says in Acts 2, this is how it described the early church in the first century, that they worshipped at the temple each day, Acts 2 verse 46, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And like the church just exploded. And we've got to translate that to the 21st century. You know, they met online on a digital platform. And how do we gather? How do we do the house-to-house ministry? Well, of course, with COVID, that's got to change and adapt. But I want to encourage us as women to not presume that somehow we can just shrink back in this season and bunker down in our homes. But we've got to get really creative. How do we as women, as the mamas in the house, as single women, as career women, as mothers, as um, homemakers, as nanas, um, whoever you are, how do we as women become women that really house to house, not literally, but um, figuratively, how do we build the church house to house? Because it was never just about gathering in the temple. It was always about that ministry house to house. And I think the craziest thing to do right now would be to presume that everybody's okay, presume leaders are okay. I know that our pastors have been working harder than they've ever worked. Our channel team, our production team, creative team have worked harder than they've ever worked. And that our connect groups are... Um, a, uh, are complying with um, Safe Church and their home, you know, people are working harder than they've ever worked. Um, the meals, hundreds of thousands of meals that have been cooked. City Care working harder than they've ever worked. Um, and now is the time where, as a church, it's time to innovate more than ever. Do you know the greatest innovations happen in wartime? Velcro, sunscreen, sanitary pads, all these kind of things were invented in wartime. This period in your life, my life, is going to be a time where I believe the greatest innovation is going to happen in church, probably in your career, possibly in your family. And even, you know, you might have to go back to work, but it could be a season that catapults you to the greatest innovation, even though maybe your hand was forced to have to go back to work. It could be the greatest game changer ever.
So I just want to encourage us. The greatest lie is that we all need to stay home and bunker down. I think we've got to rise up, take the fight club seriously and um, use Zoom and use technology to be really creative in building community amongst each other. Do you know McCrindle did research amongst um, non-religious Australians? They're a great research organisation. And they found, this is a few months ago, that one-third of non-religious Australians are praying. Yep, they're praying. Two out of five Australians are thinking about God. And 53% of Australians are thinking about mortality and the meaning of life. So COVID would love to have us shrinking back, hiding out in our home, disconnecting, somehow just watching church every now and then. And I'm like, not a chance. Now's the time for us as women to be rising up, saying, right, we're going to make the house a home. The formats might have been tweaked a tiny little bit, but now is the time for the church to be mighty. God is still the commander. God is still mighty. Salvation brings so much hope and so much life and so much of God's supernatural power from the throne of heaven. Sorry if I'm preaching a little bit, but I feel like we've, we've, we've got so much to bring our world, and that means we've got to get it ourselves. And the third thought is this, that the fight for women is real. COVID is affecting women so much. <clears throat> With domestic violence, stress in the home, women are carrying the burden of COVID. <clears throat> Globally, it's affecting women in the developing world. Um, their jobs are being hardest hit. Um, economically, it's affecting women. In Victoria, with, um, you know, the restrictions you're experiencing, women negotiating the home and the education of children and um, losing jobs and just all of that. Um, you know, our domestic violence helplines, when, when COVID hit, they were all ready for the calls, but the calls didn't come because women weren't safe to call. The calls came after midnight when it was safe to call. So now is a time where women, we have to help each other. We have to be supporting each other, not presuming we're all okay um, and not freaking out if we're not okay, but really um, supporting and knowing how to help and support each other. I believe it's time for sisterhood more than ever. Um, I was down at Parramatta on Monday afternoon um, just doing some shopping down there and I was in the car park and um, I heard this screaming and this um, lady was parking her car and I could just hear this screaming and then I saw this man bashing this lady like bashing this lady and um, anyway by the time I got up to the door I, I couldn't see the lady and I saw this guy and I said did you see where that lady went he went no but I, I heard it so we tried to find her and we found her in the toilet. She was a, a lady with a little boy. And um, the little boy was vomiting. He was, and we found out that um, this man, just this man in a van didn't like how she was parking. And he full on assaulted her. And so this young guy and I sort of found her in the toilet. The little boy was so distressed. He was like throwing up in the toilet. She was like cut. This guy had bashed her. And she was so shaken up. She was all red here. And I was like, is that your partner? Is that a husband? Are you hurt? Do you know where to go? Do you know what? She's like, no, I don't know him. But he followed me in from the street. And um, we're like, do you want to call security? And this other guy and I were there. And, um, and I'm like, man, 
this is like psycho. So I went up to the concierge and I reported it. I'm like, you need to get your security footage and you need to do something about this. This isn't okay. More than ever, it's a time for our gospel not to be individualistic. You know, our whole gospel, this, was never about me. It was never intended to be like, well, do I like that service? Do I like that preach? Do I like this? Do I like that? It was always intended to be we. It was always intended to be about community. And um, I want to encourage all of us in this season that we're in, it's so easy to get bunkered down because we've got to stay home. We've got to practice safe hygiene. We've got to keep our distance physically. Um, you know, and the older you get, and if you're in a risk group and if you are caring for a vulnerable, vulnerable family member with um, health factors and all of that, you have got to practice safe um, COVID practices. You've got to do that. But that doesn't mean in our heart and in our mind. And I want to encourage us as women to be prophetic. I want to encourage us to be encouragers. I want to encourage us not to shut down the voice of God, but to be open to the Holy Spirit that, um, you know, I got out my first Bible. I feel like doing a bobby here, but I got out my first Bible. And there are things written in the back of my Bible here from 1982, 1983, that when I was 21, 20 years of age, things that people spoke over my life as a young girl. Now I would be classified as someone with an anxiety disorder. But, you know, they were lifelines to me. Bible verses that I coloured in with coloured pencils that I read every day for years and hung on to. There were older people in my life that spoke life. There were prophecies that on tapes. I can't even play them anymore because I don't have a cassette player. They were lifelines. But we are now those people. Don't just sit on YouTube watching somebody else prophesy over you. Be the life giver that brings life to another generation. Somebody in sisterhood, somebody that isn't in your clique group, isn't in your play group, isn't in your mum's hangout group, is an older woman, is a younger woman, is an HSC student, is a college student who's a long way from home. Maybe you're a college student and an older woman feels like, well, I'm just on the used by pile. No way. Let's be women that rise up and be mamas in the house and really make the house of God a home. And I really feel like it's time. Let's not just be riding out the year, but let's be saying, no way, we're going to make the house of God a home. Anyway, they're the thoughts I wanted to bring to you this morning because I really feel like that's our mandate as women. So I'm going to invite Dr. Kath Harrell because there's a whole group that we're never hearing about during this pandemic and it's women and young people. So um, I'm going to invite Kath. Hi, Kat, get ready. There, Dr. Kath Harrell. <clears throat> She's coming in one minute. Here she comes. Hi, Kat. Hello. Hey. hey, Donna. Thank you for joining Sisterhood this morning. Pleasure to be and, here. Um, so this is Dr. Kath Harrell, everybody. And Kathy's um, juggled her appointment schedule this morning to make room for us today. So a big welcome to you. So I, I have met Kath for many years at our local public school. 
um, over the years picking up our kids at school pickup and didn't mm -hmm. actually know that she was a doctor of psychology. Um, but I have known that for a little while now. So, Kath, can you tell us just a little bit about you because you've been in our church for forever. A little bit about you, where's your family and your practice? Yep, for sure. Thanks, Donna. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I haven't been here in Hillsong as long as you have in the in the school hall, but but the but the Hills Shire, you know that that building that's no longer there, and when youth was in the um, high school, so yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah, you're, you're um, a wildlife girl from way back. Absolutely, best best years. <laughs> Lots of good memories. Um, so, yeah, I'm married to Wes and um, people probably know him for his athleticism. He's forever riding his bike around, um, running, doing anything that involves endurance. Um, very different to myself. I like being active, but certainly very different level. Um, so we're married with three boys and um, the oldest will be 18 soon. This end of this month, actually, which I can't believe. <clears throat> so he's finishing off his year 12. And then I've got a middle son who's just turned 14 and then our youngest is and will be 11 at the end of the year. So, so life is full and, and interesting and, and fun. Um, so as a professional, I'm a clinical psychologist and been working in private practice for quite a few years now, probably know, coming up to 15 perhaps. And, and during that time, it's been off and on with the kids. So, you know, taking time out to continue with my study and to look after the little ones and, and so on. So it's been sort of um, ebbing and flowing. And then in the last few years, I've joined an awesome team um, of, of women. Many people know um, Dr. Beck Lounder and I work with her in Alpha Cruces College. And so we, um, you know, equip students and, and work with the social science, you know, department there. And, and that's awesome. It's been a highlight actually over the past few years to move from working in practice with helping people to now actually equipping students who are going out into different fields, um, whether that be as part of their ministry or um, chaplaincy, counselling, youth work and so on with, with skills there. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So you've got a lot of experience. So, Kath, the pandemic has really hit um, youth and women. So quickly, could you tell us, because um, I really want to jump to youth because youth is getting no airtime yeah. in the media at all, but could you tell us, how COVID, how this pandemic is affecting women in particular? Because I think a lot of us are just sort of at home and go, oh, it's probably just me, you know. But could you tell us how, how it's really affecting us for the girls in Australia and Bali and joining us around the world? How is it affecting women uniquely? Mm -hmm. Well, I think even just what you've just been speaking about, Don, I was so engrossed actually in what you were saying. I almost forgot for a moment I was about to, to join you because I think what you were talking about was so relatable and I was reading the comments coming through that you were really hitting hitting the nail on the head with what you were talking about in terms of your experience as a woman and what you carry and, and so on. And I think that was really relatable. So thank you for those insights. Um, you know, COVID, the pandemic, what it has actually done, I think, has exposed existing or pre-existing vulnerabilities in our society. And that includes women and young people, two main groups that are quite vulnerable. And the pandemic has also introduced academic, occupational and social disruptions at such a significant level that we haven't experienced before. And so that's happened all at once, not just a social disruption or, you know, occupational, but all three. And that makes up a lot of what we do in our life. And so for women, there is that, you know, so before COVID, there was already, particularly those entering, I would say, middle age, 
they're referred to as the sandwich generation because they, they're looking after perhaps their elderly parents or aging parents, trying to hold down a job, managing the household, also looking after their own children, um, back and forth in and out of work or restudy, economic pressures and so on. So that was already happening. And because of that, there was increasing stress, distress, increasing use of alcohol as a way to cope. And we know that that factor has also um, increased as well during COVID. We've seen the funny memes, you know, of homeschooling and, and so on. But the reality is, is that it has been a stressful time. And I think that women, mums, um, and I'm speaking from myself as well, we, we don't like to drop the ball. We don't like to let people down. We don't like to feel that we're failing our kids or, you know, people that we work with or our friends. And so we're trying to hold all that together. And that's exhausting. So absolutely, that's happened. And I think that as well, and if I can give an example of, of a friend, um, someone that I know who runs a business and she employs people. She's got three young children. I think the youngest is still in preschool. Husband was employed as an aircraft engineer, one of the major airlines, so lost his job. They, at that point, also um, sold and bought a new home. That mm. wasn't a decrease in mortgage. It was an increase because of the growing family. So, yeah. and COVID didn't kind of decide to turn up at a convenient time. No crisis ever does. And that happened. For, and I know that that's a story that a lot of people have, um, you know, that's been their experience. And so not just trying to manage the usual demands, but now having to problem solve. How do I keep my business going? How do I still nurture, educate my children who are also now in lockdown? And she couldn't work from home. Yeah. So, you know, that's an example of, of the hardships and the pressures. Yeah. It's real. It's really real. Mm. So look, let's jump to youth because mm. the research is saying the hardest hit, even though like with the unemployment, you know, there's like every group is 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 hurting. Mm. But the hardest hit group that I don't think people are aware of generally because it's not getting the media attention, the politics is you know, what's happening, the bickering between states and investigations, but it's not getting the airtime. And I wanted us for these next handful of minutes to really get aware because no matter who we are, we all know young people or you have 11, 12-year-olds that are growing into this generation um, is youth. Mm. Youth are our future. And mm. they are growing up. And my daughter said, I'm a child of the pandemic. You know, she's 19. 19. She said, I'm a child of the pandemic. Could you tell us about this unseen group, what is happening and why are they the worst affected mm. by um, this pandemic? Unpack it for us, Kat. All right. So like Big I said ones. before, yeah, you know, that it's the academic, occupational, social disruptions and they're at a point in their life where they're becoming independent and they're wanting to become independent, working things out. You can re remember back to being young and thinking about what's, to, what's my future, what am I, what's my purpose, who am I? Big questions, and that's a normal developmental stage. And so whilst that's happening, your brain is still developing right up until our um, 20s, even sometimes early 30s. And so there's lots of biological changes that are occurring there as well and trying to figure out how do I belong, how do I fit in? So that's mm. actually... A, a, a difficult or challenging time in and of itself, let alone yes. having to complete, you know, year 12 in, in mm -hmm. an, you know, it's some have coped better than others, but certainly it has been a major change. It's not their final thing. So year 12 is the final, you know, maybe run around the athletics track, the final time that a parent can spectate at an event, you know, looking forward to graduations where they can celebrate the end of their schooling. 
and to be in a hall and not be able to see their parents physically there. And, mm -hmm. and all of these things, you know, um, accumulate. We talk about sort of cumulative sort of grief, you know, where it accumulates and that sadness. And so they're having to then deal with that as well. And speaking to some young people, some of the things that they're actually saying is that it's lonely. I don't get to connect with my friends at youth. I don't get to be in those environments. I don't get to see, like you said, you know, it could be those chats that you didn't anticipate. You turn up in the car park and there's someone who yells out to you, that encouraging sort of person who's like, hey, how are you going? And to support you. Um, the not being able to celebrate those milestones that are in their life, whether it's an 18th or a 21st or a wedding yeah. and, you know, just missing out. And they've also talked about um, that feeling. One actually said to me, you kind of would think, you know, the people that you'd expect in your life to maybe give you a call or contact you and then they didn't. Mm. And that is really felt during mm. this time as well. Mm. So, so there's a lot of grief going on. Absolutely. And I don't yeah. think it's a recognised, I don't think it's recognised as, as grief. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to put the language around it for young people, but it's, it's certainly that loss. And also yes. it's still uncertain. You know, when is this yeah. going to end? Because we thought, oh, yeah, we're locked down. You know, focus on the virus, really important. Um, mm. But then, like for Melbourne, this is their third attempt at going back to school. Right. So you think right. about that, what that impact is over those multiple times for the whole family. And are we yeah. staying here? And yeah. what's next? And even for um, someone who I know in Victoria talked about the curfew and that five-kilometre radius, it meant that they weren't able to actually go and hang out at the local park that they wanted to go to or cycle through the city, take mm. photos. And they, so they felt disconnected even from their favourite places where, mm. you know, they would go and, and feel a sense of belonging and it felt mm. depressing. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's really easy for older people, you know, people over 25, because it's not just teenagers, but, but, you know, young adults to go, well, you know, they haven't had a miscarriage or they haven't lost a child or they haven't had a divorce, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. But they've only got, you know, 15 or 18 or 22 years of life to look through their lens. You know, that, that they, they're not looking through life going, I can go overseas after year 12 or after my um, degree. I can go. They're looking through life going, I can't, I can't go to Queensland. I, I can't make plans. I, I don't know if I'm going to meet somebody. I'm not allowed to socialise. Like, mm. life's looking very different. So, you know, they're ending up quite depressed. Mm. Stuff like that. Can you tell us really quickly? Because I want to jump to your solution because that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Look, on the ground, um, and I'm hearing this from GPs and reading about it, the presentations, for example, those under 18 recently with the Victoria lockdown, um, presentations to emergency department for things like self-harm or suicidal ideation um, for under 18s was up by a third. Right. For kids calling Kids Helpline, um, for example, 36% increase from, I think it was April to August yeah. for mental health counselling needs. And all, most of those, the top ones were those crisis sort of situations, yeah. Yeah. thoughts around, you know, self-harm, you know, what they're experiencing emotionally, the confusion, feeling overwhelmed. So we know that um, the call lines and GPs are, are, are dealing with so much is coming through their office as well. So not just depression, anxiety, but the effects of that that then can lead to things like eating disorders, um, yes. the challenges when it comes to coping with, you know, stresses and fulfilling their academic, you know, yeah. um, responsibilities and, and functioning. Yeah. So because it's at crisis and the goal is to get young people and get all of us 
getting help sooner rather than letting it escalate to be more serious. So can you, can you explain, like, what can we do? Like, what's a practical step from, a, from, from your perspective? What's a pathway forwards that, you know, particularly, you know, for our, for our crew joining us from Victoria from lockdown and for girls that, you know, aren't in a great space at home, like home isn't, you know, fabulous, might be cramped, um, you know, women joining from Bali, like what can we do? What's a tool that we can all use right now because, you know, we need help in the situation. I know you've got a great, a great toolkit for us this morning. Mm. So when it comes to um, looking at, I think, you know, this sort of talk raises awareness, not just awareness in general, but awareness for ourselves so where we're at. We need to make sure that we can check in with how we're going to and how are we coping. And if we're not coping so well, it can be difficult to obviously help others. So checking with ourselves, it's really important. Um, but certainly with people that are in our world, women, young, young people, it is that those questions. And I actually really like the Are You OK guide. We've had Are You OK Day not too long ago. That's an excellent guide in terms of the questions and, they, and it gives advice and tips on how to ask that. So even just heading over to areyouok.org.au and having a look at those tips. And, and what you can do is, is asking, are you okay? Like, how are you going? Or noticing, like, you haven't seen yourself lately. Um, you, you know, I haven't seen you around or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, someone noticing changes, whether they're withdrawing. Um, not participating in things, not sort of showing interest in the usual things that they might like to do. So just asking those questions and actually making sure that you're approachable, that you're warm. And, and don't assume that just because they say, yeah, I'm okay, that they are. Like, that's okay. Yep, they've said they're okay. But actually, you know, people can say they're okay, but on the inside not obviously feel okay and, and not know how to communicate it, you know. And, and it could be having to ask other questions like, you know, have you caught up with so-and-so? Like, how are you going in your studies? How are you going with work? Like, what's going on in your life? Like, try and not, not probe to, um, you know, impose, um, but certainly just to really show that you're, you're approachable and that you're caring and that you're interested. Like, really show interest and come from a place of empathy. So don't get into this sort of preaching, teaching, judgmental sort of, you know, approach um, or just to assume things, but just to make sure that you are certainly approachable and that you're listening. Sometimes it mm. might be that, you know, you, they're not going to engage with a conversation but still be around, like visit, you know, or, or provide something like turn up, send them a gift card or an encouraging word or just a message, um, you know, thinking of you, whatever it might be, or this reminded of me of you, you know, and send that. Um, remember when, you know, we used to hang out here and just kind of, you know, connect in, in that way. And if you are concerned, like encourage, help them to encourage, encourage action whatever that might be. And it might be that you need to encourage them to speak to somebody else or, or maybe if they're not talking with you, because sometimes they might not talk to parents or, or other relatives um, in their world, but they might talk to, say, a youth leader or perhaps another sort of um, family friend or even a neighbour and, and ask them to, to call. And I've done that. I've done that with someone I knew that my son connected really well with. And so I just said, hey, do you want to? And, you know, I just lifted his spirits just mm. to have this really helpful, easygoing chat. And he came away going, oh, yeah, that person is a good person. And also it tells them, oh, I can talk to you if I need to. So that yeah. was really helpful. And if you are concerned, obviously, um, for more serious concerns, the GP, take them there, go with them, offer more help. Um, what is helping a young person at the moment who I'm assisting? Um, she's got a core team. So she's, she's got um, some people in her world, but she's got this core team of like three people 
they're not professionals. Um, they Some of them are friends. Some of them are just from her church. And so she calls them. And if she can't get to one, then she gets to the other one. If she can't get to that one, she gets to the third one. And then we've got another backup plan. So she knows yeah. I've got this core group of people around me that I can call out to and that I'm supported by, that I know that they pray for me and that they check in with me. And she leads that, so she's not feeling overwhelmed, over-controlled in that environment or situation, but certainly that's support. And if they decline, you know, your help, obviously just recheck in again, um, have someone else do that for you. Or perhaps you can give them tools like, I really love Smiling Mind. Smiling Mind's an app. It's Australian-based. It's free. And they've done some studies on it. And even if you use that for 10 consecutive days, it's going to help reduce depression, anxiety, your management of stress. And it's just something that you can do six minutes a day or so on your phone. And it helps you to put aside worries and anxiety and just focus on the moment, teaches you how to cope because there's always going to be challenges and stresses. So that's a, a good tool as well. Or right. um, a lifeline numbers, you know, and so on. Like just make sure you give them things in their hand that they can contact chat lines if they don't want to talk. Just yep. all those options. And I also want to add, please make sure that you you know, if you need to get in, when you need to get in touch with our pastoral care team, get in touch. That's what we're there for. We can have a coffee. We can listen. We're not going to pass your information on. We're going to make sure that we can help um, support you and refer you if, where we're needed and, and help demystify that for you. Kath, we've only got a few minutes left for this little bit because there's something else I want to do. Could you explain your PERMA model? <laughs> um, of of working out how how to get through a rough spot because we talked the other night about this this component of sisterhood and it's really good. Could you break it down? So if you've got a pen, write it down. Perma. Awesome. Love to. Thanks, Donna, for the reminder. Um, perma, yeah. If you can write this down, it'd be really helpful. This is just, it's come out of the field of positive psychology and I love it because it can be used no matter where you're at in, in your well-being journey, whether or not you're doing well, you want to increase it and, and further your flourishing, or if you're not doing as well, these are the building blocks that you can um, bring on. And actually, PERMA, when people use it regularly, they find that happiness increases and just a general sense of well-being. So PERMA, so we've got P stands for positive emotion. And it's not just about being happy, um, but it's all the emotions that relate to it. It could be joy, but it can be contentment. It could be feeling calm. It could be comfort, relaxed. It could be grateful, feeling grateful, feeling thankful. So things that you can do with that could be playing around with a pet, goofing around with a friend, maybe watching something comical, funny. At the end of the day, thinking about three things that you're grateful for people in your life that you're thankful for. And that just really helps the perspective of things that are going well still rather mm -hmm. than things that are not. E stands for engagement. So when you're engaging in something, a bit like I was before and I was listening to you, I was absorbed and I mm -hmm. kind of lost track of everything else in that moment. And, <laughs> and so that um, feeling absorbed in something is when you do lose track of time and experience flow. So engagement's not necessarily thinking about things, but it's experience. Um, people that go for a long run will talk about that. You just get absorbed in the activity, whether it's walking in nature, digging in the garden, being creative. Colouring in. Colouring in, yes, absolutely. And not Embroidery. being too... Yes, and not getting Does too Netflix worried about whether it... Does Netflix count? Um, it can, but there's limitations. Obviously, what you're watching is really important and just make sure that you, you get up from that. You don't sit and watch it 
over and over yep. because it goes from one episode to the other. That's too tempting. I'm saying that for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ah. Ah. Relationships. Yeah. So relationships. And so they're important. We need to connect and have people in our life that we can feel that we can be our genuine selves, that we can um, feel cared for, loved, valued, and doesn't have to be a lot of people. It just might be, like I said, those three core people in your world or whatever it might be, that you can feel that sense of relationship with community, neighbours, where you live, um, church life, and so on. So relationships. Yeah. And, and it might it might just be making the first move and saying could like somebody I never catch up with inv invited me to have a coffee and we finally worked it out and um, we had a great time and it was just really easy so mm. you've just got to make the first move and if you're a bit shy um, socially like I am that's really hard but you've just got to do it right okay M. M M is for meaning two so, minutes one minute left no Meaning, so being, so really being part of something bigger than ourselves. So what we're doing right now, being part of sisterhood, can bring meaning. Yep. Um, so church and, and so on. You work, life itself. Great. And mm -hmm. A is achievement. We need to have a sense of achievement and accomplishment in the things that we do. And if we don't, begin something new, a new project, something little. Achieve by cleaning out, you know, a closet that's, you know, every time you open it, things fall out. And it kind of feels yep. good when you open it and it's all in order. Um, so we need that sense of achievement. So that's P-E-R-M-A. So good. And that, as a habit, actually starts to help us feel good. Even if we are in lockdown and we can't, we can't change the fact we haven't got a job yet, but just clicking away at that kind of behaviour is a good thing, right? Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. It's actually something that right now we can focus on and we, these are the things that you can control. We don't have mm -hmm. a lot of control, but this is what we can. So focusing right. on what you can control helps our coping. And these are good things because they will, yeah. you know, implement to, to promote our well-being. Yeah. So stay with me, Kath, because I'm going to get you to pray us out in a moment, as we always do. Thanks for shuffling your schedule this morning to be with us and hands up, clap for everybody, from everybody this morning to Kath because I really appreciate you making the time. So, girls, I just really want to encourage us as a sisterhood to keep rising up. And I'm not just saying that to pump us. I really really want that mama's heart in our in our church family that that we would take our place and that we would you know really turn the house into a home in this new environment that we would go no way i'm not shrinking back and i'm not going to be silent and i'm going to stir up my gift and i'm going to find new ways to use it and i'm going to find new targets people that um need my love and need my love through my gift whether that's baking, cooking, encouragement, a phone call, like Bobby just posted, a random FaceTime, whatever it is, in all the safe ways. And so one little special thing that some people in our church are going to use their gift for um, that we're going to do as National Carers Week is um, that, that is really lovely is the first hello. So that's Belle Pangburn and River Bennett with the first hello. They're gifting a family photo shoot to um, one family in New South Wales who, um, are, where they're caring for a family. And in all of our states around Australia, there is a photographer in each of our campuses that are going to gift a family photo shoot for one family in our church family who are in that situation where they are caring for a family member. So thank you to all those volunteers and in Bali. And that will be happening. Um, pastoral care will work out who those families are. So big thank you to all those photographers.
because that's sometimes the last thing that you get to do when you are in that intense space. So Kath, thank you for everyone joining this morning. Make sure you're planted and joined for church this weekend. A21 have got a great seminar on human trafficking this Saturday. Um, Kath, would you pray us out? And thanks everyone for, for sure. joining. For sure. Thank you, Donna. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time that we've had together today and for the amazing word that Donna has brought. I believe it's timely and it was relevant and it was helpful and it was truthful. And Father, we pray that um, every, anything that we've learned today that we can take away, that you can help us with the next steps, the next steps to look after ourselves if that is what needed in terms of our self-care and our well-being and those that are around us in our world. I pray that as we um, identify the people in our life that need our help or, or need help itself, that that you would prepare them for that, that they would actually take that help and that we would be able to support women, young people to flourish during this season and to um, identify and recognise their potential, their, your love and, um, and just to be strengthened. Father, we pray for, for healing and for hope and, and for, for your word to continue to and your comfort around people and, and to be where they're at at this present time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.